0: Welcome back to another podcast episode. As always, I won't be talking that much during these ones. um, And that is simply because I wanted to create a space for other women to share their stories so that we could find the wisdom held within them. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Uh,
1: My name is Lorena. I apologize because I think my uh, throat is playing with all the pollen and everything oh, that is happening. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, apologies if my voice goes a bit weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so my name is Lorena. I'm originally from Spain, um, I come from a small town north of Madrid called Valladolid. Um, I am 42 years of age and I'm a Cancerian, so I'm, I'm born under Cancer stars. Um, also, my moon is in Gemini, so I'm basically trying to um, work on my communication <laughs> more than anything, um, especially in this season now under uh, new moon in Gemini. Um, so, <laughs> it's a very tough question. What does it mean for me to be a woman? Um, mm. so i think i've always been quite connected to my feminine divine self i would call it i've always considered myself very feminine um but at the same time it's a kind of a difficult one because um the way i was brought up um and especially because i grew up with my grandparents um my my parents divorced when i was about one and uh, my dad left and then my mom also left and so i was left with my grandparents and so my granny has always had this sort of matriarchal um, role in my life Um, and also her mother as well so my great grandmother who i lived with when I was about between the ages of one and three. And they were all very powerful women, and my is still alive, but I think as I was mentioning to you before, she suffers from dementia, so it's really hard for her to now know who you are or anything to make sense. And um, so I grew up in this sort of lineage of really strong, well-opinionated women. and <clears throat> but in Spain you especially because I grew up with a very old generation, you know, coming out of the war and whatever else with really old ideas. Um there were so many bias, so many, you know, oh no, you are a woman, you can't do that. Mm. Oh, you know, you you know, you're not meant to study that, you're not meant to do that, you're not meant to go out like this. And especially not just because I grew up with an older generation, but also because they were coming out of, they are really Catholic. So the religion also is a main sort of component in my uh, upbringing. So, so, you know, I always sort of had this thing. Oh, you always have to dress properly. You always have to wear your makeup Do not go out of the house without your earrings. That's kind of like, no, um, no, no, not seeing, uh, you know, your, your skirt should never be um, above the knee or something. I don't know. Like my granny had all these things. And, um, and of course, you know, that sort of, uh, made me who I am today. Even if I try not to be biased about things, I did a test at work about unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I'm so... Bias is unbelievable. It's actually really shameful for me. Um, and at the same time, uh, I've got a three year old and I'm trying to not genderize her from the start. I said to people, please do not buy me any pink clothes. You know, I don't want any dolls. I don't want any Barbies. And even making a conscious choice of not genderizing someone she's already genderized she will go to shops and say mommy can i have that pink dress or you know it's all about and oh no i can't play football that's only for boys i'm like what (laughs) and these are things that they obviously learn at nursery because i would have never said anything like that in fact she doesn't have any barbies or anything but um so i think being a woman it's something that is very much dictated by society from the start mm-hmm. from the very very beginning I was reading a book that it was really really uh, amazing and if anyone who's listening to this podcast has kids uh, I really recommend Racing Girls and there is also Raising Boys It's by a Australian um, children's psychologist I think is uh, can't remember his name But the one that I read, obviously, is Raising Girls, and basically says that, you know, we already give women those gender associations when we start by, Oh, you look so pretty. Oh, you know, you're so, oh, you're so lovely. You would never say anything like that to a boy. You're so smart. You are so quick. You are so cool, whatever we're already encapsulating women in those areas, even if you don't think we're doing it. So obviously I know for a fact that I was encapsulated there and that's how I grew up. And then when I was 20, I moved to the UK. My mum was already here, but as I said, I didn't have any contact with my mum, So it was more like a sort of friendship or maybe felt more like a sister than a mother. So I came here when I was 20 um and then <clears throat> I was very young I was only interested in like uh traveling I found yoga but it was more very much more like uh oh you know I'll just do yoga because it feels good and you know uh, I'm good at it because I'm quite flexible so you know it's wonderful um love ashtanga mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of thing and um It was only years later when I had this catalyst moment or guru moment when I was diagnosed with cancer. I was working in the city of London. I was um, doing admin work, but you know, it was quite stressful. I had some people there, women, who were really ostracizing me and bullying me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a, it was a very toxic way of um, of work. And um, I don't think that was what it caused it, but maybe it had a lot to do with the stress levels that I was having. And I was very much in the, because I've basically asked for second opinions, what do you think the reason of this happening and so on, and just just gonna have to excuse me I'm just gonna close the door <laughs> because there's a little bit of a noise coming from outside. So. Let's see if this is any better. Um, and so, <clears throat> so that it was a it was a kind of a a good moment for me. Two reasons really. First of all, it made me completely stop. I couldn't do anything else. I had to like um, had. Um, chemotherapy and surgery and radiotherapy and god knows what else so it made me stop i couldn't do anything it was a time to just kind of like sort of rest and allow things to happen and secondly it was an estrogen cancer type so it was basically generated by hormones sort of reacting against me Um. Women who have been on the pill for a sort of long time tend to have or tend to be m- more in the um, percentage of uh, breast cancer sufferers. Mm. Um, obviously, they don't tell you that when they give you the pill when you're like 20, whatever, but um, nobody in my family ever before had cancer, so it was I was the first one to be diagnosed and It was like, for me, it was like, okay, so what is it that I'm doing wrong? Because I was was healthy, I was eating well, I was vegetarian, I was but Obviously, I had a lot of stress. And as a woman as well, I was working in in an environment where all my bosses um, were like, I was working for a Spanish law firm, and they were all like, oh, you know, you only need to sit there and look pretty, that's your only job. Um, apart from you know like doing everything else for them but that's the kind of idea a lot of men and also women have about people Um, in Spanish we call it I'm sure you've got sort of the same sort of uh, concept Um, flower base women Mm -hmm. um, or flower pop women you just sit there to look yeah. Uh and actually one of my bosses said that to me, said, I've just employed you to look good. You know? And so then he said to me when I started losing my hair, he said to me he was gonna put me around the corner so that people when they were going because I used to sit on the front desk, um so when people walk through the door they wouldn't see me. Yeah. And it was a kind of a horrible experience in a way that it was so first of all it was so scary right like Mm. you know you're 31 years you're diagnosed with cancer that's like totally blows your mind but now 10 years later when i look back it was my guru moment i needed that to become the person that i am now to really connect with my divine self And that basically has shaped who I am now. And I'm so, I know this is gonna sound horrible, but I'm so glad it happened. It was my body telling me, this is not what you're doing, Lorena. You can't do this. So what happened after that is that um, I really reconnected with myself. It didn't happen from one day to the other. It was not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm a new person, wonderful.
0: Mm.
1: It's a journey. And obviously it's not complete. I'm still going, I'm still discovering things, I'm still kind of finding what makes me happy. Um, As a woman, yes, and as a human being mainly, um, because in the end there is no really distinction between men women animals whatever if you believe that we're all sort of similar we're all coming from stardust we're all the same sort of um, atoms and everything so but for me being a woman is a really wonderful thing and i'm really proud of it and i recently met someone who is always talking you people who identify yourselves as uh, women socially which is wonderful that she's non-binary and whatever else. But I actually, I am proud. I am proud, and I am proud of this body, regardless of what's happening with it, because there's loads of things happening. Um, And I do believe that, as women, we have this um, peer pressure, constant peer pressure to look good, to look Mm -hmm. a certain way. You know, you are over 40, you started getting white hair, you have to dye your hair, you have to do this, you have to have botox, because whatever. Why? Because we compare ourselves with other people that we only see their photos on whatever. You don't know whether a person has had botox, you don't know whether a person has a personal trainer, you don't know anything about that person. And it might just be like the outside, that person might be rotten inside. And we have this sort of problem in our head that we have to look a certain way because it's that comparison with other people. And we always say, oh, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I recently read a book and this is another book I'm going to recommend um, by Kate Moran called More Than a Woman. And um, there was something that really um, me there and it was she said <clears throat> the day that you realize so we all say the the beauty is in the eye of the beholder the day you realize that you are the beholder mm. that will completely change your mind the day you realize that you only need to be beautiful to yourself is the day that you just let go of any Comparison, any sort of worrying about do I look this way, do I look that way, Um, anything. You're not trying to be anyone, you're trying to be yourself. Mm. Um, And so, maybe going back to my story, um, so after I sort of recovered, I changed jobs. Um, And when I say recovered, I said (laughs) mainly like. And they stopped giving me um, treatment, <laughs> and changed jobs, found a better job, um, train as a yoga teacher, um, then train as a Reiki master, retrain as a yoga teacher again, <laughs> mm. uh, and then became a sound therapist. Why have I done all of these things? Um, when I was receiving treatment, I was very lucky to have in the um, hospital that I was receiving treatment they had complementary treatments complementary therapy they call it and you had like you could have reflexology, you could have Reiki you could have all sorts of um, treatments for free and It came clear to me, it became totally clear to me that we need that. We need that. We don't just need medicine. When they give you chemotherapy, it's a poison. It's actually a poison from a tree. They're poisoning you. You need something else to rebalance yourself. Call it whatever. You can call it crystals. You can call it... mm, i don't know yoga you can call it meditation reiki anything but you do need that other complementary to complement what they're doing because otherwise you're completely unbalanced and not just as a woman i am sure men would definitely benefit from it as well but as women we're much more connected with our divine self we're much more connected with that energy, that Shakti, I, you know, I, I believe um, that there is something else and of course we are the womb of creation. We create life. Ooh. So we are going to be much more connected. We have periods. We're connected with the moon, we're connected with the seasons, we're connected with everything. I am sure men are connected as well. But probably not at the same level you just need to reconnect with that divine self and i also did um, a <clears throat> after having my daughter which <laughs> it was funny because they told me when i had chemotherapy i was not going to be able to have kids uh, in the future um, and then suddenly my daughter came along and it was like amazing but I had sort of fallen into that kind of like masculine energy of like achieving, studying. I need to be better at this, I need to do this, I need to, if I wanna do this, I have to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like all this masculine energy of like being competitive with myself, not even with others. Um, and then I did another training with Uma. Mm. Uh, I, I believe you also training with her? Yes, yeah, I with love her? her. Uma Dinsmortuli. Dins and lisa white uh pregnancy yoga Mm. and it was transformative it was so beautiful um yeah anyone who's listening to this podcast as well um she's the one person i will go to for um womb healing and um, feminine practices of all kinds like it's, it's just wonderful she does all this yoga nidra, it's, it's really, really wonderful. And obviously when you have a baby, that's another catalyst. I mean, like it's just the thing that happens that changes all your life as you know it is completely different. Not just your life, your body. Mm. I mean, of course, after having cancer, I had a different body for sure. I had to have surgery and everything. After having my baby, it's like my hips are completely unbalanced, Uh, my belly feels weird, my womb feels weird, and I'm so happy that you know Ariana happened. Really, um, that everything else really doesn't matter, you know, it's kind of like a, a sort of passage that you go through to then become a mother from a maiden and this motherhood i know that is not gonna last very long and if someone is um, listening to this podcast and is also on um, a cancer drug called tamoxifen people will know that um, it gives you uh, very early menopausal um, effects so it induces menopause because what's happening is that it's lowering your estrogen levels
0: right.
1: massively so that you don't have cancer because those estrogen is the thing that feeds those cancer cells. Right, okay. So it's like a um, medically
0: induced menopause. And you used it to um, stop cancer coming back of after you had a baby? Yes. Okay. So. Um,
1: so, yeah, so I can now see that I'm already in that phase of very menopausal um, kind of effects. I recently watched a documentary by Davina McCall, mm-hmm. uh something called Sex, Myths and Menopause, Okay, like that, in Channel 4. It's still in Channel 4, so if anyone wants to watch that, it's super good as well. And uh, she was going through all these things that she had been suffering and I was like oh my god <laughs> I think this is gonna be me now <laughs> um, but again if you think of it as oh god I know that another another, th- another thing you know or oh, like having your period or having blah. If instead of that, you turn it in, you make it into a opportunity to enter into the next phase of your life as a much wiser person. I wish I had been this wise when I was 20. I wish I had known all these things when I was 20. I didn't. I was totally disconnected. I hope you're more connected. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> I'm sure you are, you definitely feel like you are.
0: Thank
1: you. Um, But yeah, I think even from now I can see that that's probably quite imminent and I'm sort of preparing myself mentally Mm -hmm. to transcend into it, not just move into it, but transcend into it with full consciousness of what's going to happen and how I can make the most out of that time which it will be kind of like the last sort of phase in my life Mm. um while i'm also being a mother because you know um i still have a three-year-old to look after (laughs) um but yes i think if i could say like you know it is one of these questions that they always ask you what would what would you have said to yourself when you were 20 or when you were whatever? (laughs) Actually, I think the main thing I would have said to myself is like, don't worry. It's going to be okay. No matter what happens, you are going to succeed. You're going to... And of course, it depends on what you... Uh, think of success right but if succeeding you mean um, you know having a happy and content life having a family having a house having a roof over your head Um, being healthy Mm. we take it so much for granted but being healthy is my main concern you know like or you know I've got all these traumas and I'm sure um, women that have gone through cancer happen like, they, they feel exactly the same as me right like my daughter is playing with my hair my hair comes out I'm starting to get paranoid and I can't help it and although my hair is really um, healthy I still think oh my goodness I'm going to lose it I'm going to go into menopause and lose my hair and mm-hmm. blah blah and so and you think like that and you go back to when you're 20 it's not a problem I have been without hair it's not the end of the world. You're not different. You know, you're not different no matter what, no matter how many scars you have in your body, no matter how your different like your appearances might be a bit different, you're still the same person inside. And as long as you can sort of work on being content with what you have at that precise moment at this very moment where I'm just sitting here looking at the beautiful flowers inside my garden Mm. and listening to the birds singing then that's absolutely fine totally forgetting about how much pressure as women we have as I said again like to perform in a certain way to do things to have kids or you're not having kids so almost like you know some of my friends are childless the pressure they get mm. because obviously they're over 40 and people just are well you know so what now like wow. people don't really understand that the reason why you came here is not to have babies is to just be you mm. and to fulfill your dharma whatever that might be um, And so it's funny how much of those prejudices, people, and not just men, it's not even men, it's like even women, we impose it onto other women so much that it's, it's a real shame. Um, You know, you're walking down the street, you're wearing something that probably doesn't suit you. You don't really get looks from men might just look at you like whatever you get nasty look from women Mm. more than anything the day that we realize that in sisterhood we're much more stronger (laughs) we can achieve much more we can help each other we need help from women in the olden ages whenever the family was this unit and the family wasn't just your mother or your uh, grandmother it was like all your cousins your sisters your everybody people used to help each other in a way that you know they would look after you if you had your period they would look after you if you had your kids they would look after you if you were sick I was in hospital in London and my best friend came to see me and feed me I couldn't even feed myself <laughs> um, and of course it's different nowadays but I'm talking about that sort of sisterhood the sisterhood that you don't look at each other like oh mm, I don't like your tattoo or whatever no I don't like your tattoo I like your tattoo <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but um, we, we need to start looking at each other as an opportunity of creating a sisterhood, mm. creating opportunities for each other, helping each other, um, being there for each other because all of us, women, we're going to go through every single part of it. You might not pair children, fine, but you will certainly go through your periods and your menopause. Yeah. You will have hormone changes, you will get spots, you will get like rage moods, you will go into, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, crying states where you don't know what's going on with you and you just need to cry. So we just need to help each other. And I'm so glad after this um, um, documentary that I was talking about with Davina McCall, um, Loads and loads of companies now, now, (laughs) they're introducing uh, menopause um, programs where they sort of help you. You've got someone you can go and talk to. If, for example, you start getting brain fog, you start not being able to work, not being able to... And what's even better, I was reading in a magazine yesterday, some companies like Aviva some other uh, big companies, that they're going to start introducing well-being days. And a well-being day is not a sick day, it's a well-being day so that you can take it to restore your energy. Mm. And how important that is when you're a woman and you just had a really heavy period or you're having a really heavy period, you don't wanna go anywhere, you've got a headache from hell, you're bleeding like you can't leave the house, because it's happen i mean it's gonna happen to all of us or it's happened to all of us or it's happening to all of us you know that sort of mentality is what we need to support and the more women get to the top i'm really hoping the more we'll see that happening that change across all businesses all areas because someone's I think it was in that program or somewhere else I don't know Um, if men had periods they would have invented something to either not have periods or have periods in a way that you know you don't feel them you don't really care about them whereas if for a woman you don't want to have your period you take more contraceptive pills or something you know like I don't know They. Th- I think there's a way they, they actually use it for athletes So like to delay their period or whatever else you're putting women into so much stress to behave like men Why won't don't we change it and we just make men behave like women? You know, I mean Wouldn't it be wonderful if women were more in charge of the world? I don't think there would be so many wars or anything like that because I do think that we do have a much more motherly approach to things Um, And when I say motherly, I don't mean that you have to be a mother, but we are much more connected with that sense of like, I need to look after things, Mm. I need to look after myself. I've got my periods every month, I need to look after myself. And if you don't do it, you know you're going to be in trouble. It's going to hit you back. Mm. It really is going to hit you back. So there was this book Alice uh, lent me called oh my goodness. It was about the period. Uh, I can't remember what it's called.
0: Was it period power? No, this is the other one. Um, women Code? There's so many. There's uh, so many no, there was
1: there was one that was really really good. I can't remember. It it will come back to me. And I read it and I actually thought goodness these and I'm sure any of the books that you just mentioned <laughs> these should be in their curriculum for girls in school.
0: Yeah. I really think so. Yeah, it has to be. Most of us don't even know what's happening or what we go through because no one teaches us. It's insane. Um, There's a question that I ask everyone at the start and I completely forgot to do (laughs) it. But it's what stage of life are you in, Maiden, Mother, Crone? Or are you in a mix of all of them? Where do you put yourself in that, and what does that mean to you? Because that's quite that's a women thing to go through, maiden mother crow. Yeah. <clears throat> so as I was spec, I was explaining to you before.
1: I'm in a transition between mother mm. and crow. Mm. So obviously mother, because <clears throat> I've got a baby and. Yeah. Um, that's it and you know I love being and also I am cancerian so cancer is like the archetype of mother Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the Mm -hmm. mother you try to mother everybody it doesn't matter what it is (laughs) you know it's quite funny because um up until I started sort of understanding a bit more (laughs) about um astrology I didn't know what the hell was happening (laughs) to me like why do I try to help everyone like if I was a mother it doesn't make any sense Um, But yeah, definitely mother, but as I said, I I think I start, I'm kind of starting to feel like I'm transitioning to Chrome, Mm. Uh, because I start, I think I'm starting to feel sort of early episodes of maybe perimenopausal symptoms, Mm -hmm. um, kind of erratic periods, I don't know. brain fog and body ache, tiredness things like that um, which I didn't feel before so I guess you know also the other thing I wanted to uh, mention to you is uh, for all the mothers that are listening to this podcast (laughs) being or having um after birth kind of um, sadness or frustration or not finding who you really are anymore because you're not yourself anymore, you're yourself plus one, um, is perfectly normal. Like at some point I was like, I was really torn between what I need to be doing and who I really am. So. What I need to be doing is like, oh, I need to carry on with my you know, uh, sound therapy training and my yoga training and my this training, and I need to start like, carrying on teaching classes and doing this and blah, 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 and being a mother. And unless, and I'm going to go back to this Kate Moran book that I've just read. Unless you have a partner who shares 50% of everything task-wise with you, forget it. Because if he only does 40% and you do 60, that 10% 10 is going to impact on all the things that you really want to do in your life. If he only does 20, that 80% is all the things that you need to do plus all your free time. So unless, unless you can talk to your partner and say, We both agree to this (laughs) so this is 50 50 we both have made this um it's a very very difficult situation otherwise because it really conflicts with who you were
0: Mm. and who you are now was it a hard transition to go from maiden to mother for you it was in a way yes i
1: was really scared that maybe cancer was going to come back and also uh, it was a really big decision Um, because of like sort of childhood trauma I was very reluctant to have a family myself unless I could look after my baby fully and hundred percent mainly because it was kind of my god am I prepared to do this am I gonna be able to provide for them am I going to be able to be a good mother I never had that mother figure. Although my granny was my mother, she always made clear to me that she was my grandmother. Um. So that that mother sort of f- figure wasn't there for me. Yeah. So I couldn't. I don't have this reference, mother and father. I don't have that reference. My grandparents obviously raised me up the best they could and everything. And I'm really really grateful. And I've learned a lot from mm-hmm. them. But it was a different relationship that you would have to your mother and also um if anyone is interested i'm doing a lot of like um inner child self-healing practices with my yoga teacher um, her name is susana garcia blanco she does sessions in english as well and they're super powerful mm. they're Amazing! I'm still trying to process one that I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, It was super, super powerful. Um, And it's about removing all these patterns that have been generated during your childhood about things that, I don't know, that you can't do or you're not able to do or you know you're good at it or you're not good at it and where do they come from? Uh, And where do these traumas and, and... you know kind of things in your head come from it's super powerful so i really recommend this it. like um, best money spent because it does make you go back to why you are behaving in certain patterns and once you have acknowledged that that's the source of the problem you can do something about it. Whereas if you don't recognize where it's coming from, then how are you gonna solve it? It's impossible, right? Um so yes yeah, so that's that's really powerful. I really recommend that as well. Um and what's really helped me as well in these transitions from maiden to mother to crone is obviously my meditation practices, my sadhana um I'm really into philosophy, I follow Tantra philosophy, Um, and for me it's, it's wonderful the way that it was such a revelation for me to understand that you don't attain contentment, you don't transcend, you don't whatever by spending 30 million years in a mountain cave meditating and, you know, isolating yourself from everything and, you know, kind of whatever. The way of the Tantra is recognizing deep inside that you are enough, that you, that you need, and if you <laughs> define yourself socially as a woman, <laughs> um, to be proud. being a woman with everything that um, means being a woman and I think last time when we did a podcast I told you a story about how denying that a woman is not beautiful when she's old or not beautiful when she's a teenager and had spots or whatever is like denying that the moon is not beautiful when it's in waxing or in growing or disappearing or is not there or it's new moon or you can't see it or it's behind the clouds. The moon is always beautiful. It's always there in all its faces. The same applies to women in all stages.
0: Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share about your story or is that everything that's on your heart?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, yeah, I think that was a very powerful story, and I think I would yeah.
0: like to finish the uh, podcast with it. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. For Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.